was told you were coming. So, who do you kill for fun around? If this girl gives him one minute of happiness, it is one minute too yeah, much. Baby. She's not angel anymore. I'm back. Jeez. I don't like vampires. I'll take a stand and say they're not good. You like a candle, It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Bam! And we're here again. That was pretty, like, spot on, same fucking time. Yeah. I don't know why, I had a feeling we were going to do that. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. And today, we are at the season finale. Motherfucking season finale, motherfuckers! We made it! We're here! Shit, I forgot to bring one of those party blowers. Here, let me make it, <laughs> let me make a sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was trying to make an elephant sound. It didn't work. Fuck. Yes. Like that? Yes. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> I used to do that with my little sister when she was a baby, and she Aww. fucking loved it. That's cute. Season two, episode 22. You're going to love this one, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't fucking get away from the number fucking 22. Becoming part two. Lots of twos. So many twos. <sighs> go fuck yourself, Rex. Oh, go fuck yourself, Josh. Are you ready to get through this thing, you festering pile of stinking awful? I'm not festering. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I feel like this is the episode where this is just going to happen, Rex. What? What's going to happen? So a guy walks into a bar and he talks to the bartender and he says, hey, you know, uh, so my boss is coming in later tonight and he really wants to sing karaoke. But, uh, <laughs> oh God. and, uh, he, he really wants to sing strangers in the night. All right. That's his favorite song. I mean, it's, it's really the only song he knows. Right. Okay. So, um, but he likes to sing it in five, four time. Right. So I need to know if your piano player can play strangers in the night in, uh, in five, four time. And so the bartender's like, Hey, Hey, Johnny, get over here. I need you to need you to play Strangers of the Night five four time for this guy. Doing it as a favor for this guy, all right? He's like, yeah, all right. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. So his boss comes in, and when it's his turn to sing, he gets up there. Music starts playing, and he starts singing "Strangers in the Fucking Night," exchanging <laughs> fucking glances. It turned out so fucking right. <laughs> For strangers in the fucking night. Get it? Kind of. <laughs> I, I, I don't actually understand what 5-4 time means. Yeah, it's a music joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and explain it briefly. So regular 4-4 four, four time is the most common time that most music is in. If there's a beat, like so, strangers in the night... Exchanging glances, it turned out so right. That's 4-4 four, four time. Okay. Strangers in the fucking... It, he needed to add an extra beat for fucking. Okay. That's why it's funny. Because gangsters always say fucking this fucking that fucking everything. Yeah. Yeah. They do. So... Are, are we gangsters? Are, <laughs> excuse me. I noticed you happen to be gangster. <laughs> I happen to be gangster myself. <laughs> Just for the record... <laughs> We do not, by any stretch of the imagination, think that we are gangster. 
We are some very nerdy white boys. You know. It just seems relevant for this episode because we get Whistler, the nerdy white boy who thinks he's gangster. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Well, I mean, we got Whistler last episode, but we got some more of them this episode. Yeah, but he's not in a flashback in this episode. Thank fucking Christ. No flashbacks in this episode. And he hasn't aged a bit. Well, he's a demon. Yeah. So that makes sense. All right, all right. Do the mom synopsis. Joshua! Are you trying to end the world again? Again? When did I... When did I try to do that last time? (laughs) When you destroyed my vagina coming out of it. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I can't hold my urine anymore, and it's all your fault. (laughs) I sneezed earlier today. And you know what I thought as I was cleaning up the mess? It was Joshua should be cleaning up this mess. You know, just let me know next time so that I can be as far away as possible. I will be not here. <laughs> that would require advance notice, wouldn't it? It would. Just maybe. Just maybe. Joshua! Why is Buffy being such a teenager to her mother right now? Clearly, she needs to show her mother quite a bit more respect. She's not giving her the time or the attention that she deserves. (laughs) So a lot of things happen in this episode, Mom. Buffy makes her first alliance with Spike just because they have a mutual goal of getting rid of Angel. Buffy completely accidentally, due to this alliance with Spike, informs her mother that she is a slayer. Joyce does not react well. Granted, Buffy doesn't really explain it very well. But anyway, uh, so the the Scooby gang got fucked up last episode. And uh, Xander got an arm broken. Willow went into a coma. Cordy got away scot-free. But Giles got kidnapped by Angelus and Drew and Spike, technically. They make a plan. They storm the castle. They narrowly stop Angel from... Destroying the world by bringing Akafla back to life. Buffy gets to see Angel get his soul back just long enough to send him right to hell again. Color me worried that we're never going to see him again. I'm fairly certain he's just (laughs) gone forever. There's no coming back from that. He went to hell. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's how that works, isn't it? Yeah, totally. You're going to hell, Joshua. (laughs) Until you repent and accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior. I'll get right on that, Ma. Trying to have fun without me. We'll have our Armageddon. You are the one to win. You're going to hell. Cold open. You know, sometimes I wonder... What kind of weird shit are you going to do with the mom synopsis? And then you just take it way further than I can anticipate. (laughs) That's my goal, Rex. Keeping you surprised. You do that quite well, actually. Okay. So we open, cold open, exactly right where they left off with last episode. And boy, for the most part, you called it. Yeah. Buffy whooped her way right out of there. Yeah. But not before running into running into Snyder. Snyder. 
cops immediately try to arrest her, which yeah. is, I want to say, fucking bullshit. Because Absolutely. just because you're found with a body doesn't immediately make everyone go, oh, you're a murder suspect. Yeah, no. You, you fucking question them and, like... You get the fucking forensics team in there, for Christ's yeah, sake. Yeah, no shit. Like, detain her at best, but especially when she's, you know, hovering over the body of a classmate. Well, okay, Kendra wasn't a classmate, but the cop didn't fucking know that. Right, exactly. Um, and But, of course, Snyder shows up just in time to just stick his dick in the mess. He... <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't matter how good the pudding is. Nobody's going to want to eat it if you put your dick in it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the fuck is that from? Yahtzee. You're right. Yahtzee yes. Croshaw. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Yahtzee. Yeah. Cheers to fucking Yahtzee Croshaw. Definitely. So, yeah. The cops immediately try to arrest her. She whoops the cop's ass. <laughs> Punches him in the face, makes him do a somersault that frankly didn't look all that painful. No. But, you know, stage fighting. Yeah. And then she runs. And then this other female cop steps out and starts fucking shooting at her. Yeah. With Snyder standing in the way. Pointing the gun at, (laughs) well, two innocent civilians, but one known innocent civilian. Even Snyder's like, whoa, what the fuck? Just frozen in shock over what's happening and watching Buffy kick this cop's ass and run off. Yeah, so did you notice that she was like, get down to Snyder. And And he didn't move. She didn't wait for him to get down and she was like, oh, fuck it, I gotta take this shot. And I'm, I'm whizzing right past your skull, troll boy. Yeah, and they cut away from Snyder. We don't see Snyder again in this scene as she fires, but there's no way in hell there was enough time for him to hit the dirt. Yeah, no, he deer in the headlighted. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But more importantly, like, over the radio, she's, like, fugitive at large, very dangerous. How the fuck does she know anything about how dangerous Buffy is? Like, yeah, she tossed the cop, but... She didn't see what she what Buffy did. Yeah, exactly. And then Odo comes in and he's like, what are you doing? Why are you... Odo would give them a stern fucking talking to <laughs> of the, how bad they are at being police. <laughs> he, he would. You're the worst constable ever. <laughs> Quark, get back in my puddle. <laughs> back in my puddle. <laughs> oh, and then we get the opening. Uh, we cut to the hospital. So, yeah, Buffy's sneaking in wearing a black hat <laughs> as a disguise. Yeah. We've already previously established that she is not good at disguises. Mm, did we? I don't recall. Remember the trench coat and sunglasses? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So Spock Xander finds her. Yep. Did you notice what I meant about the Spock yeah. shirt? Yes. Okay. Definitely. Yes, I did. Cool. His fucking wrist or arm or something is broken he has a cast on yep he hugs her real quick as the cops walk by and she makes a joke about it she's like so that was half saving me and half copping a feel right and he's very very grave yeah you know the shit is real when xander is not fucking being funny anymore Especially when he's not making bad nice guy jokes. Yeah, especially when she tees him up so well. She did. Yeah, it was almost like she needed him to be some shitty nice guy for a no, second. No, I think, I think kind of, yeah. That's her normal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Willow has had head trauma. A little bit. Xander, 
He's taking it rough. Well, as he should. They've known each other since they were little kids. Yeah. He had forgotten to call Oz, but Cordy, Cordy shows up. She, this is when they realize that Giles has been taken. This is the first time they really have a chance to take a tally of everybody and see where, yep. see where everybody is and exchange notes on what happened. And this is where Buffy figures out that Giles is fucking missing. Talk about starting an episode from a really grim fucking moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't really end off much better, frankly. No! (laughs) This is not a happy episode! Yeah, shit's really hitting the fan here. Then we cut to Layer 2.0. Yes, yes. And Giles wakes up to Angelus hovering over him, kind of crouched on the ground next to him, and and wants to torture him. He does. Giles, first thing Giles says, which I thought was a bit weird for having just come to, he says, what do you want? I want to torture you. I used to love it. It's been a long time. I mean, the last time I tortured someone, they didn't even have chainsaws. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's even, uh, Ben even made that part of our opening opening theme, which I really appreciate that Ben watches ahead for us and picks out these little things. And I'm like, where did he say that? And then when we find it, I'm like, ah, that's where he said it. Ah. Yep. Yeah. So that's fun. But yeah, he needs the ritual from Giles because the ritual to wake up a Kothla didn't work. Angel makes a terrible joke here. He says, a Kathla, he's an even harder guy to wake up than you are. <laughs> yeah. Shut up, Angel. Angelus, whatever. Angel would never make a joke that bad. No. Angelus, you are bad at jokes. I dislike you. He's very cartoony villain. Yeah. Like, Xander's better at making jokes than you. Yeah. For fuck's sake. So, Angel wants Giles to help him revive a Kathla, blah, blah, blah. Also really wants to torture him. Buffy's house. Yep. And the police are at Buffy's house questioning Joyce. Fucking assholes. Yeah. Joyce tries to defend Buffy. And the police, having no evidence at all, just like Snyder, are completely convinced of Buffy's guilt and blame her for Kendra's death, Willow's injuries, and presumably Xander's broken hand. My question for you, Rex. Did you come up with this question as well? Haven't they questioned Xander? Right. He's the only conscious person that was there that they know of. And wouldn't he have cleared Buffy's name fucking immediately? I'm actually really fucking surprised that that didn't even fucking occur to me. Yeah. So the entire time that we're afraid of the cops, it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. I mean, my my main view was that if you want a parent of a kid who's on the run and you suspect the kid is a murderer... You would probably talk to the parent in a manner of like, we're really worried about your daughter. We need we need to talk to her. We need to question her and find out. And we need to make sure we can clear her name. And we need to make sure that she's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not your your daughter is a murdering murderer. We are taking and we her to take her to jail for a long, long time. We're putting her away for good, Miss Summers. Because man, your daughter's daughter's evil. I'm sure you can get on board with this and agree with us immediately. And she does. (laughs) Almost. Almost. She has a fuck ton of doubt at the very least. She's super, super close to just getting on the fuck Buffy train. Why the fuck is her response not immediately? Buffy would never, ever, ever hurt Willow and Xander. Yeah. Excuse me. Get the fuck out of my house. And they're like, well, she has a history of violence, doesn't she? 
Does she? Are there really any documented cases of her being in fights? Supposedly, Snyder said there were. Yeah. But even I, then, we were like, when? They don't really... Nothing that's ever happened on screen. Yeah. All the fights she's been in have never been officially documented. It's really fucking annoying. There's a couple of you out there that have been correcting us on these things. Please correct us and let us know. Give us a call at 269-743-0783 because we're racking our brains here and we cannot think of any instances where Buffy getting in a fight with anybody was documented by authorities of any kind. Yeah, I... Okay, we know that she's off slaying fucking vampires and shit. Yeah, as the audience, sure. Snyder has no evidence. The police have no fucking evidence. Yeah. She hasn't been being suspended from school. Yeah, there have been no injuries where the victim is pointing at Buffy and going, she did this to me. Yeah. Nobody's doing that. It's it's bullshit. Yeah. It's total bullshit. So, oh yeah, dude, this, this fucking cop, just as they're wrapping up this scene with Joyce. Oh yeah. I wanted to smear poop on his bald face. Because <laughs> he was such a smarmadouche. He was like, smarmadouche. He was like, you call us if she decides to stop by. Be best if she just comes in. I'm like, oh yeah, would it be best for her to just roll over so that you don't have to do any real police work? Yeah, that'd be great. I don't fucking care one bit of what kind of relationship or rough ground that Joyce and Buffy have there is no fucking parent who would look at a cop like that and be like I'm gonna turn my daughter in the moment she gets home right that's bullshit more on that later when we get to the Buffy Joyce scene yeah dig this dig this sorry you had some wind fire beheading hurry up sweet dreams sunlight hurry up sweet dreams and water usual hit him with what a desk so uh giles's house yep we cut to giles's house why exactly buffy goes there i guess she's looking for giles she's looking for giles and whistler anticipates her move so those two things make sense to me however her reaction to him for the most part makes no sense and also why he stays at giles's house yeah that the duration of the episode. Right. That really messed with me, too. It, I mean, it was convenient for the writing, and they already had the set ready. So I get it from a production standpoint. Yeah. yeah. But. And it does. it is story-wise a little bit convenient that he sticks around where she can easily find him. Especially from a shooting schedule standpoint. Right. They only needed Whistler in that one set. And I'm sure they filmed those back to back. Speaking of shooting standpoint, did you notice that the woman who played Kendra was not seen in this episode? It did not show her body. I did not, but that doesn't surprise me. They only had her for the one episode. Why would they bring her back for one body shot? Exactly. They wouldn't. I did really like Buffy's threat here when she pins Whistler against the wall. This is one of my quotes of the day. Be my guest. So, it is a good one. It's it's one of my quotes of the day, too, but I read the last one. Yeah, so he quips when she inquires, what the hell are you doing here? He says, oh, I needed a date to the prom. <laughs> Buffy says, I have had a really bad day, okay? If you have information worth hearing, then I am grateful for it. If you're going to crack jokes, then I'm going to pull out your ribcage and wear it as a hat. And even he appreciated it. Yeah. Yeah, props. That's very visceral imagery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just imagine her doing that and then doing a little jig. <laughs> tightly, tightly, though. 
<laughs> Buffy's wearing a rib cage <laughs> on her head like a hat. Now, it's not explicitly said, but there seems to have been some sort of fucking prophecy or something involving Angelus or Angel and Akafla. Yeah, because Whistler was under the impression that Angel was hanging out in Sunnydale specifically to keep or prevent Akathla from being revived. What I gather, and this is not what's explicitly said, but all that's explicitly said is Whistler says he figured Angel was going to stop Akathla. Yeah. But what I pick up with the flashbacks from last episode and the bit said by Whistler here was Whistler had caught wind of some prophecy or something and then got angel and convinced him to come to sunnydale where he knew that angel needed to be to stop akafla in the future but what he did not anticipate as he says i didn't anticipate you talking about buffy he didn't anticipate that angel and buffy would fall in love bone angel would be happy and turn back into angelus yes well as he put it uh, something like having the smoochies Something yes. about something about smoochies. But it wasn't the smoochies that did it, Whistler. <laughs> no. It was the boingies. <laughs> <laughs> it was the quiet retrospectiveness <laughs> afterwards. Or I'm sorry, introspectiveness. Yeah. I'll have to agree with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you definitely made a big thing about it on a previous episode. Yeah. So yeah. before you shoved your foot too far down your throat. Figured I would also shove, you know, accuracy down there next to your foot as well and fiddle it around and go. And you'd go. Speaking of bad jokes this episode, um, <laughs> what did Cinderella say when she got to the ball? Oh, God. What? Oh, God. Oh, that's really bad. <laughs> That is inappropriate. That is inappropriate for our podcast, even. I'm not sure it is. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that one. <laughs> anyway. Here, let me fix it. What did the person who was giving a blowjob oh, to God. somebody with a penis say when they got to the ball? Go ahead. You know the punchline. I'm not doing it. <laughs> anyway. What's next? Uh, we go to... Oh, straight to outside to yep. quite possibly the most important scene to ever happen thus far. Yeah. Yeah. Had I not already known that Spike comes back to the show, this scene would have fucked with me. Apparently it did the first time around? Yeah. Because <laughs> Buffy's walking down the street. Why? I don't fucking understand why she's just walking down the street and a cop pulls over, immediately points his gun at her like he's going to fucking shoot her. Yeah, well, she's got five stars in Grand Theft Auto right now, apparently. No shit, right? Automatic five stars. Yeah. He's about to fucking pull the trigger. Which I can tell you, <laughs> killing one civilian in Grand Theft Auto, that is only a one-star offense. Thank you very much. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, these these guys are way overreacting. The cop's about to fucking shoot her, I bet. And all of a sudden, someone fucking kicks him and throws him onto the cop car. And it's fucking Spike. Actually, no, punching the cop in the face, that's an automatic three stars. Oh, is it? So, anyway, Spike <laughs> saves Buffy. Yeah, and it's kind of awesome. And he, she immediately starts kicking his ass. Yeah, 
And he, so he's like, you want to go around, pet? I'll have a gay old time. You want to stop Angel? We're going to have to play this a bit differently. And, okay, I've got the whole fucking thing transcripted, but I chose a couple of quotes because we don't need to burn through the whole thing. No. Basically, no. all we fucking need to know is that he wants to team up with Buffy to take out Angel, and she's skeptical at first, but he sells her on it. Yeah. That's no, really that... it. That's really it. Did you have any quotes that you wanted to take no. from this? No. The scene is fantastic, but there's nothing really, not a really good strong line here or there. Yeah. Well, I liked his speech. Yes. We, we like to talk big, vampires do. I'm going to destroy the world. It's just tough guy talk. Strutting around with your friends over a pint of blood. The truth is, I like this world. You've got dog racing, Manchester United, and you've got people. Billions of people. <laughs> a daily, daily dog! Oh, shit, I went too Irish with it. <laughs> He's British, not Irish. I know, he, exactly. They're very close, though. He would be very offended by that, probably. I bet he would. James Marsters, if you're offended, give us a call at 743. <laughs> well, 269 area code, 743-0783. That's only James Marsters. Nobody else. Nobody else call me about that. Um, about that specifically. Specifically if that. If you call us about something else, it's fine. Yeah, I will hang up on you if you call me about anything else, James Marsters. No! Don't ever hang up on James Marsters. All right, call Rex if you want to talk about something else then. Um, like Dresden. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding, James. You call me anytime. Unless I'm sleeping. I'll be very... Well, yeah, whatever. You can croon me back to sleep. It'll be fine. Um, just... Send me some Adam's apple picks. It'll be. F- I would probably legitimately <laughs> shit myself if he actually called us. I, I know. Me too. <laughs> I have multiple friends who have had their pictures taken with him. He's very fan friendly. We love he you, is, James. So I hear. Anyway, back to his speech. Uh, billions of people walking around like Happy Meals with legs. <laughs> <laughs> I just really like that line. That's. I'm not going to say the rest. Of yeah. It. But yeah, he want he wants to take Drew and run and let. Buffy kill Angel. That's a pretty straightforward plan. Yeah, and so she decides to hear him out, and I love when they walk away and they're both staring each other down like, this is weird and I don't trust you. Oh, but first, as they're about to leave, alright, just let me kill this guy real quick. Ahem. <clears throat> alright. Oh, I wish I wasn't in a public place because I would have guffawed at that. Yeah, it was oh really my fucking good. God, well, it still wasn't as funny as what's coming up. Right? So... This scene, I mean, not only is it amazing because it's the first ever alliance that we see between him and Buffy, but it also directly addresses what we were talking about last episode, which is, why the fuck does Angelus want to fucking destroy the world? Yeah. Vampires need the world just as much as people. Yeah, and Spike, again, just like the beginning of the season, he's all for the world. Yeah. He wants the world. There's things he loves here. Yeah, and not just drinking blood, but being alive in general, or undead, whatever. He likes dog races. I mean, one of the one of the draws of being a vampire is that you don't fucking die. You live forever, yeah. No, this is and this is the last time that we actually have vampires as the big bad. So this is this is the last time we have to deal with the fact of vampires wanting to end the world. 
Yeah, exactly. So it was it was a very humanizing moment for Spike. Pivotal moment in Spike and Buffy's relationship. And it settles, settles to rest something that we were talking about earlier. And that's that Angelus is just fucking batshit. I would like to make my suggestion that Angelus wants to end the world because he cannot deal with the feelings he experienced as Angel. Uh, he's He feels too violated, which probably also makes him feel human, and it's a cycle that he can't get out of. Yeah. Yeah. He knows he's going to die, and he wants to die. But he wants to go out with a bang. I can he get on board with that. He can't just die himself. He has to take everything with him. It's the ultimate step away from humanity. It's hard for me to say anything cool or, or witty or at all. I, I can usually make a few vowel sounds and then I have to go away. I don't mean to interrupt your downward mobility. Yeah. You're the Slayer and we're like the Slayerettes. Oh, please. So back to the hospital room. Yep. Oh, this moment between Xander and Unconscious Willow. Tonight on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Cordelia gets Xander a coffee. So yeah, this scene here with Xander is just... Heart-wrenching. Yeah. There have been plenty of moments where we're like, damn, Nicholas Brendan can fucking act. But this is, like, you believe it this to was, your fucking core, man. This was good shit. I mean, <laughs> I didn't even question it until you brought it up right now, but... Yeah, like, like you guys. <laughs> We're totally grieving over a friend. <laughs> but, and I didn't write down anything that he said because it's not really quote worthy, but it is a very warm, touching thing. He's worried about his friend, the most important person in his life. And actually the line that wakes her up is him saying, you're my best friend. I love you. Yeah. And it literally, like, this is where the term tearjerker comes from. Because my tear ducts were a jerkin. Yeah. They were like, squirt, squirt. And I was like, I'm in public. Oh, and it's it's even harsher than that. Because the first person she asks for is Oz. Yeah, I was okay with that. I was too. However, you could see the look on Xander's face when he's like, it's not me. Well, he did it to himself. Well, of course. I got no sympathy there. He had no, his no. chance multiple times over. But there was just some added, extra added uh, heart-wrenching yeah. in, in, in his facial expression. They couldn't make just... it too perfect. Right. Yeah. They, they had to have a little bit of dissonance. Conflict. But Oz happens to show up just then as she's waking up, asking for him. And he asks her... So, just as she's waking up, Oz happens to show up when she's asking for him. Good timing there, Oz. Very good timing. Um, Yeah. Way to show up to the party, Oz. Right? Where the fuck have you been? Not paid to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So, he asks her how she is, and I love her response. She's like, my head feels big. Is it big? No, it's it's head sized. <laughs> Very nice. Perfectly in two lines encapsulates their relationship. I love it. It was it was a beautiful moment. Absolutely. Next scene back at the layer. Layer 2.0. And Jealous is cleaning Giles's glasses to take as he's taking a break from torturing. Oh, was he? I didn't notice that yep. part. Oh, that's neat. And as when he steps back over to Giles and Giles is back on camera, he puts Giles's glasses on him. 
crooked, I might add, and jealous, goddammit. That's the real torture right there. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's maddening. Sounds- it's maddening. That's the real torture. Yeah. I don't even need to think hard about that. That sounds fucking awful. But Giles is one tough motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> so Angelus's first line is, I'm here to tell you, I am impressed. How are you holding up? And Giles is like, never better. And I'm like, yeah, that's my ripper. Yep. That's my ripper. God, he's so, he's so, so secretly a badass. I fucking love it. And that's really all that happens there is we're shown that Giles is holding up just fine. Just the beginning of the torturing. And then the real shit hits the fan. Buffy and Spike are outside of Buffy's house. Oh, yeah. Just as Joyce pulls up. This is why I normally take more detailed notes, because this note I thought would be enough for me to remember. All I wrote was, well, it's about fucking time. And it is. That's mostly what I wrote. Because, frankly, (laughs) there wasn't anything particularly quotable. I mean, okay, the thing about the band was pretty funny. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Joyce is like, who are you? Because Buffy's walking with Spike, and Joyce pulls up, and she's like, Buffy, Buffy, where have you been? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Spike goes, what? She doesn't know? Yeah. And Joyce is like, know what? Know what? That That we're in a band. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah what do you play the triangle triangle the drums she plays the drums yeah she's a mad on the skins yeah and then <laughs> joyce is like well what do you play to spike and he just i sing like it's the most straightforward <laughs> like how could you think anything else lying <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but they walk up to the house. Why didn't he say guitar? Right? I mean, he was in a band then, too. Yeah. They walk up to the house. Joyce is trying to get a fucking answer out of Buffy. Buffy's trying to dodge it. Not well by any stretch of the imagination. But a vampire shows up and they fucking kill him in front of Joyce. And it's fucking great. It really was. But yeah, they no lo- she can no longer hide it from Joyce about fucking time. Let me tell you. Yeah, we cut to a phone call between Buffy and Willow. I like her line here. She's like, I'm awake and I know my name, who's president, and how many fingers. So they don't think my brain got mushed at all. And she asks if they found Giles and Buffy's like, lucky break. You wouldn't believe me if I told you, though. And we get the most epic (laughs) silence ever. Oh my god, it is perfect. I cannot (laughs) mentally prepare myself. I remember this being like the funniest thing that ever happened to me the first time I saw this 20 fucking years ago. Okay, 15-ish years ago. When we just cut to Spike, who less than an hour ago, Buffy was ready to kill on sight without questions. And now she's trusting him to sit alone in the living room with her mother. Yeah. First, she invited him into their house. Yeah. And he's just hanging out there calmly sitting. (laughs) He's so fucking out of place. It's amazing. He's he's kind of uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so um, back, back to the phone call. She's on the phone with Xander now. She tells him where the hideout is, but that she's going alone. And 
She doesn't need any help, and she's going at daybreak. You know, how many times have we heard that? And they never listen. Right. Then we cut back to the living room, and Joyce is like, have we met? And Spike's response, one of my quotes of the day, uh, you you uh, hit me with an axe one time. Uh, remember, get the hell away from my daughter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Long pause. So... Do you live here in town? And he's like, oh, my fucking God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's fucking brilliant. (laughs) It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Buffy comes back into the living room and she has her talk with Spike right there in front of her mom. Yeah. Weird. And the deal is, and Spike will not fucking remotely allow anything but this deal. Zero budge room. Yeah, no budging whatsoever. And that is... Buffy gets Angel, Drew, and Spike skedaddle. Right. That's it. Honestly, I felt like that was more than he needed to offer. To be fair, Buffy was very ready to kill Drew regardless. Yeah, because Drew killed Kendra. Yes. (laughs) Spike's response, he was like, well, I didn't know she killed a Slayer. Good for her. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I suppose not from your perspective. (laughs) And then we get the talk with Joyce she yeah. keeps interrupting. By the way, this every time I've ever um said to you, "Have you tried not doing blah blah blah?" This is where that line comes from. Yep, because she says, "Have have you tried not being a slayer?" Yeah. And I forgot that this was where that was from. Some things just weasel their way into your subconscious permanently. I actually really like the way this scene is written. You could just replace Slayer with gay. Exactly. And it fits perfectly. Exactly. And, I mean, Buffy did come out to her mother as a Slayer. I think my favorite part about this, though, is that Buffy is being Buffy the Vampire Slayer towards her mom. She's being that very bullheaded, I know what I'm doing, you're going to listen to me because I'm the Slayer mentality that she has never done in front of her mom outside of the school hard episode yes cut and dry i don't have time for your shit right now this is too serious whereas that is not normally the case and joyce can't handle it no and you know i i can understand that yeah if i had a child start talking to me like that all of a sudden i can imagine i'd be pretty taken aback as well yeah. However, there's just not enough information and Joyce is not asking the right questions and Buffy's not giving the right information. Yeah, they're very, on completely different pages. Completely going over each other's heads here. Yeah. And I was like, you guys, this is a very, very clear communication issue. Yep. For fuck's sake. How is this so difficult? It's bullshit that Buffy is not willing to at least say, Mom, my friend is in danger. The other thing was, how hard is it to explain what it means to be a slayer? All She she just kept saying, I'm a vampire slayer. Like her mom's supposed to have a fucking clue what that means. It's not hard to explain it. It's explained to us at the beginning of almost every single episode. Yeah, this is a mystical fate thing that chose me. I was not in any way consulted about this it gave me special powers that i can't give away and i am the only person who can do this that was all she had to fucking say before she left 
Yep. That takes 10 seconds. And Joyce doesn't help either because she just responds with pure fucking anger. Yeah. And so this last line before Buffy walks out. If you walk out of this house, don't even think about coming back. You know what's funny? My mom said that to me one time. Really? Yeah. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? Are you serious? That's a bluff. It's a bluff. Over what? Are you fucking serious? Yeah, and that's that's that line especially is the line that makes you think, wow, this is just the same as coming out as gay. Right? Yeah. Or I mean, it's not like she was cooking meth in the basement. It's right. not it's not like she was shooting up. It seems like Joyce should have enough wherewithal to go there was some specifically weird fucking shit that happened in the past and this makes it make all sorts of sense but and maybe she's telling the truth about the world ending holy shit maybe i should just wait till she can explain shit to me i mean the way buffy says why didn't you put two and two together because you were washing blood out of my clothing i'm like why should that lead to Oh, she must be a slayer. She must be this thing I've never heard of or don't and know nothing about. And by all accounts, is not real. Like, she even tries to say, Buffy, you need help. You're crazy, essentially. Yeah. Anyway. Back to the hospital. And the... Scoobies want to help? Of course they do. Like the Scoobies do. That's what the Scooby Scoobies do. Ruby, Ruby, Ruby. <laughs> and Willow wants to retry the ritual to curse Angel with with a soul. Yeah, Willow wants to try the spell again. Of course she does. I love determined in charge Willow. It's <laughs> so great. So first we get this line that I really enjoyed from Cordelia. Because Xander's like, you don't look okay, Willow, does she? And Cordelia says, (laughs) you should listen to him. The hair, it's so flat and the lips. I was like, oh, (laughs) oh, Cordy. Oh, my God. I hate you and I love you. Yeah. And Xander immediately shuts Cordy down. And that's when Willow says her fantastically adorable line. There's no use arguing. Do you see my resolved face? And makes the cutest ass resolved face. Yep. And she goes, you know what this means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oz is like, okay, I kind of missed out on some stuff, didn't I? Because this is all making the kind of sense that's uh not. And I'm like, yeah, that's adorable, Oz. Yeah, you did miss a couple of fucking things. You know, yep. not having anything to do with the Scoobies doings for like six fucking episodes now. Yeah. He showed up at the beginning of last episode only to fuck off again. He must have been on tour the fuck is a high school student going on tour, though? I am hipsters these days. Don't get me started. <laughs> these days? This was fucking 20 years ago. Hipsters those days. <laughs> hipsters! What a bunch of bastards. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. Willow sends Oz and Cordy to go to the library to get her things, and yep. she tells her to get Oz caught up while they're at it. Yep. And tells Xander that... Xander has to go and tell Buffy that what they're planning. Yep, so that maybe perhaps she can stall killing Angel and, you know, save Angel as well. Yep. Uh, same plan as last episode, all over again. Let's yep. do it right this time, guys. Back to the lair. 
Giles is still not broken. <laughs> Fucking love, and, love this. Oh, man, it's so good. Angelus is grilling him, and he says and he says something that makes Angelus think he wants him to stop torturing him. And then he's like, yep. to be worthy, you must perform the ritual wearing a tutu. Pillock. <laughs> <laughs> I love that word. It's such a good fucking insult. Where we get... The next favorite Angelus line that is also in the opening sequence. Someone gets a chainsaw. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but Spike steps into... Sorry. Spike rolls into the picture. <laughs> uh, Angel calls him sit and spin. Mm-hmm. He explains that, oh, you don't want to use the chainsaw. You don't want to kill Giles because you need him for information. And then he brings in Drew. <laughs> you have your way with him. You'll never get to destroy the world. And I don't fancy spending the next month trying to get librarian out of the carpet. Brings Drew in. And then we cut to the library. Uh, so Buffy's walking into the library. Snyder follows her in not far behind. Snyder revels in the fact that he gets to tell her that she's expelled. He's really fucking excited about this. Yeah. He is hardcore video game mini boss right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she even calls him out. She's like, you know, I didn't fucking do it. And she gives the police way too much credit. She's like, the police will figure it out. And so we learned two things about Snyder right now. Those things being, he doesn't really think Buffy's such a big fucking troublemaker. No. He's probably just getting fed a big line of bullshit from the mayor saying that she's evil and she needs to go. Yep, he's playing to the mayor's fiddle. Yeah, he's being played like a motherfucker. I don't, I don't think he's being played. I think he, I think he is employed by the mayor. Yeah. Well, and I think the mayor has ordered him to keep Buffy under wraps. And also we learned that he thinks very little of the police as well. Yep. Which explains so much of the things. Yeah. And I like how they made that canon. They're like, okay, guys, we made the police out to be pretty fucking dumb. Especially, I mean, I just keep thinking back to the very first episode where we <laughs> where we saw the police. Yeah. And it was like the fucking Andy Griffith show, only worse costumes. Right? So, one of the things Buffy says to Snyder is, you never got a single date in high school, did you? <laughs> and his response is, what well, does that have anything to do with it? And I just love that he, like... Of course he didn't get any single dates in high school. <laughs> Oda runs in and he's like, you may not have gotten any dates in high school, but you've had plenty of dates with me. Oh, Odo, I can always count on you. <laughs> See, that's why why Snyder thinks the, the Sunnydale police are shit is because he uses Odo as his, his benchmark. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I'll put you in jail again tonight, Quark. You sure do love your role playing, don't you, Odo? <laughs> I'm not role-playing, are you? Anyway, Buffy <laughs> draws the sword out, which I actually had to look back at the previous episode to remember what the fuck the point was about this sword. And this sword was the sword that was used to slay Akathla by the first dude who slayed Akathla. Sure. But I had thought that that sword was the sword that had been in Akathla. I was very I confused about that. I didn't make that assumption at all. 
But she pulls the sword out of the bag and points it at at Snyder, who shuts the fuck up. I thought she was going to go at him for it. With yeah. It. But no, that's the sword that Kendra brought with her. Right, right. Okay, yeah. Pillock. And she just walks out, and then he calls the mayor. And we solidify that foreshadowing even further. Oh, yeah. He is definitely in bed with the mayor. At which point, Odo is like, damn it, Quark. What are you doing in bed with the mayor? <laughs> I woke up all worried and I was like, where is he? I'll get that little troll. <laughs> you, you mean besides me? No, I didn't ask. You, you, mean, you, you mean besides me? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you, do you believe? I didn't ask. We have to achieve our dreams. Otherwise we wither and die. I'm going to the other cool place in Sunnydale. From here, we cut to the lair again as Drew is engaging in a mind meld. I was wondering if that was where the cut on Giles's forehead came from, or was that just from him being struck by Angelus? I have no idea. Yeah, because I don't recall it being there before. Anyway, we get some serious Drewsilla fuckery Holy here. Holy shit, she does a fucking number on Giles. Oh my. She makes him see... Jenny. Yeah. There's some deep ass motherfuckery right there. But yeah, she uses this mind meld hypnotize bullshit trick. Same kind of shit she used on Kendra last episode to freeze Kendra in place while she cut her throat. She, oh, yep. She uses it to get Giles to see Miss Calendar and give them the information needed to do the ritual. But... <laughs> Methinks Drusilla was enjoying making out with Giles a little too much. Yeah, because she spends a good solid five minutes on screen making out with him. Well, maybe not on screen, but definitely some time is spent yeah. with their faces together. Absolutely. But Angelus wants to kill him, but Spike is like, no, we need to keep him alive. He might have lied. Yeah. And Angelus is like, oh, I didn't think of that. Good call, or some and shit. Jealous is a dumbass. He really is. And then they're they're both like, uh, Drew, <laughs> Pat. She's like, oh, sorry, I was in the moment. <laughs> it's very nice. So back at Giles's house, back to Giles's house. Whistler is raiding the fridge, and he says, "Raiding an Englishman's fridge is like dating a nun. You're never going to get the good stuff." Hell. <laughs> The gist of this scene is Angel's blood is what will open the portal thing. Yeah. I'm really hoping they cover more about that later because that all just seems way too convenient. Yeah. That specifically Angel's blood is the key. Yep. Why? Did Angelus no have clue. something to do with sealing up Akathla in the first place? What is it about Angel's blood that's so fucking important? Yeah. I don't. And I don't think they ever fucking address it. I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, and not only is it his blood that opens the doorway, it's his blood that closes the doorway. Yeah. I call bullshit. Yeah. They could they could have at least added something in that Whistler says or something that makes it at least a little bit more plausible that it's Angel's blood specifically. Yeah. One like, sentence. It needs to be vampire blood touched by a soul or some yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. Bring it back around. Use the shit you've already got in the plot line. And yep. that would have made it so much better. But anyway, so she's there to get the one little tidbit of information that we, the audience, already have. 
And then she's the fuck out of there. And then we get some bullshit comment from Whistler. She's like, well, I got nothing else to lose. And he's like, you're wrong, kid. You got one thing left. But he doesn't even say it to her, so it's worthless. Yep. Um, And he's just referring to herself. Yeah. Like her self-respect or something. I don't know. And... Well, her love for Angel uh, is what I what I picked up is what is what he was referring to. Uh, I, I I think he just meant that you've still got yourself and you're a damn strong, fine human being. I think that's all he was going for. But sure, that too. I mean, so her, her love for Angel didn't wasn't really helpful at the end. She she to put him down either way. She had to lose it. She had to fucking kill him for good. Oh. Um, she didn't kill Angelus. She killed Angel. Right. But she had already lost Angel. She, she didn't know she was going to lose him again. And he had no way to know that she was going to lose him he's again. He's a demon and he's foreseen a bunch of this shit, apparently. Pillock. Anyway, cut to the layer 2.0 in the daytime. Yep. And... <laughs> Back and forth between the lair and the hospital. Yep. Yeah, this time, hopefully, without expository flashback interruption. Buffy is walking towards the fucking lair with the sword out. Xander pops out of the bushes and he's like, Calvary is here. Calvary is a frightened guy with a rock, but it's here. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. <laughs> she gives him a stake. They make it clear that Xander is only there to get Giles and get the fuck out and not to fight. But yep. we know Xander's ability to listen regarding that is pretty shitty. And this is the bit where Xander boldface fucking lies to her. He absolutely does. However, I kind of think he made the right call. Had he told her that it was still possible that the spell could happen and Angel would get his soul back, things could have gone down differently and she might not have been in a position to kill him had he not gotten his soul back. Yeah. I think Xander was a dick, but it was a responsible call. It didn't change that he was getting his soul back, but it he wasn't hedging his bets that they were going to save Angel, and it was for the greater good, legitimately. Also a little bit of dickery. Yeah, absolutely. It was for selfish reasons, but ultimately also better for the greater good angel is doing the ritual to wake a kothla while willow is starting the ritual to give him his soul back buffy walks in cuts the head off a vampire we get some bantery banterness angel is yeah blah 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 and uh, i love how she throws a previous line of his from last episode back in his face she says (laughs) hello lover Yep. He's like, do you really think you can take on all of us? Buffy's like, no, I don't. And Spike fucks Angel's shit up. Oh, yes. You know what he did, Rex? What'd he do? He opened up Angel's ass. He crawled inside. (laughs) And he closed the door behind him. Oh, fuck. (laughs) He left behind some Snickers wrappers. I didn't think vampires ate Snickers. I did not know that at all, Rex. Did you know that? Well, Spike smokes, so I can that I I think I'm okay with <laughs> putting out some cigarette butts, <laughs> knocking over ashtrays, <laughs> punting over water glasses like a cat. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> so as soon as this happens, the other vampires in the room attack Buffy. 
Well, Spike really seemed to be enjoying it, too. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> going to fucking town with that fire poker, goddammit. <laughs> Is that what it was? I yep. couldn't tell. Okay. It was a fire poker. Nice. There, there was a fireplace behind him. I was surprised to see that Drew tackles Spike. Yeah. I really thought she would have immediately gotten on board with Spike. I expected her to, like, revel in the chaos. Yeah. Yeah, that would have made a lot like, more oh, sense. oh, goody, they're fighting over me kind of thing. Yeah, this did not fit Drew's character at all. But yeah, Spike isn't pulling punches at all. He is, like, two-handed, over-the-head swinging... Angel's on the ground already, and he's just fucking wailing on him. I would have completely expected that Drew would have been standing back going, Oh, they're fighting over me. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. that That's more her character. But no, she fucking tackles him. Yep. And he says, I don't want to hurt you, baby. And she fucking hits him, and he knocks her ass out and says doesn't mean i won't yep <laughs> but the the vampire who attacks buffy she immediately fucking drops her sword did she yes oh Jesus. what the fuck well for fuck's sake <laughs> hey got your steak And so we're cutting back to Willow periodically throughout this fight scene. Yep. Willow's saying spelly type stuff. <laughs> Xander runs into Untie Giles. Punches a fucking vampire. Oh, yeah. With got... his broken goddamn hands. Oh, was it with his broken hands? Yeah. Jesus. I. <laughs> yeah. Well, and to be fair, he, he only did it because it was necessary for him to clear the path to get to Giles. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not breaking any promises to Buffy or anything. This bit with him and Giles, though, is just fucking brilliant. Fucking gold. He goes up, starts to untie Giles, and Giles doubts that he's getting actual help. You're not real. You're a trick. They get inside my head and make me see things that I want. And why would they make you see me? Oh, right. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> And it perfectly mirrored what I was thinking. Right? <laughs> I was no, and that was exactly the one thing that Xander could have possibly said that destroyed any doubt that Giles could have had. Yeah. It was the exact thing he had to say. Yeah, it's like... It was brilliant. I'm really the last person that you want to see saving you right now. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, pretty much one of the last moments they had together, they were fighting. Yeah. Yeah. So, Angel pulls the sword out of a Akathla. We get a, a sword fight between well, he, him and he Buffy. Wakes, he wakes up while Buffy's still fighting Rando oh, Vamp yeah. number two. And Drew is fighting Spike. Yep. And so, he has a moment of freedom to go grab the, the sword and pull it out of a Akathla. Yep. She kills the vamp that she's fighting. Uh-huh. And then we cut back to the hospital. Something interesting happens here. Yeah. Willow I comes, don't remember. I didn't remember this. Willow comes into her own a bit, or she gets possessed. Something. She's channeling something or someone. Or something's channeling her. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, she's struggling to say the ritual. Uh, it's it. 
the way they play it like is like her head's bothering her and she's like getting weak and then all of a sudden she goes silent and then she starts chanting the rest of the ritual in a fucking different language yeah without looking at any texts yeah Yeah. and just the look on her face is not the willow we know and love Damn, <laughs> something extreme is happening here. The only other noteworthy line that happened in the in these hospital scenes where they were uh, bringing his soul back at the very beginning, Cordelia's like, "Stinky herbs are go." Yeah, and Oz said something like, "I don't, you know, I never took Latin." Yeah, you don't need to know what you're saying; you just have to say it. Exactly, and that's how magic works. <laughs> Do you want to start a war with the entirety of the undead? Because that's how you start a war with the entirety of the undead. (laughs) Jesus. So we cut back to the fight with Buffy and Angel. Uh, Spike picks up an unconscious Drew. He looks at them and he's like, oh, he's going to kill her. And then he walks off. (laughs) Uh, It's so unfortunate for an audio based show that we can't show you how amazing the look on his face was. Right? And it was the facial tick equivalent of... Oh, well. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but so much better than that, though. Yeah. Like, Meh. Obviously, if you're listening to the show, you have seen this. The You've seen Buffy before. That is the absolute saving grace. You can go to this episode. Skip through the rest of the episode if you really have don't have a desire to watch it. Yeah. But if, his facial expressions through this are gold. If for no other reason, absolutely watch this episode just for Spike. Yes. So, there was a firefight! <laughs> okay, I'm a little a, late for that line. Fight. It's more of a sword fight. But yeah, the whole thing reminded me a bit of Princess Bride, because I'm like, how much do either of these assholes know about sword fighting? But the funny thing about that epic sword fight in The Princess Bride is uh, those two only had a couple weeks of training, and they were like, we have to look like professional sword fighters having the biggest sword fight showdown ever to happen. And they pulled it off. Yeah. And that's one of the scenes that makes that movie so memorable. What threw me off is the stunt double who was playing Angelus. I never noticed the stunt doubles. Never. You really got to go back and watch this scene again. I should. Because you, like, it, it was jarring to me. <laughs> like, really jarring. David Boreanaz is not necessarily a thin dude. He's actually kind of beefy. Well, I that might have something to do with those awkward-ass pants that they chose for him this episode. Yeah, that They might were be. very thinning on him, and that's not a good look for him. No. No, he's a broad-chested, broad-shouldered guy. Especially when he started getting into his mid to later 20s. Naturally, like, he's not getting fat. It's just his bone structure is still spreading. No, he's he's a pretty big, solid dude. A fantastic example of being actually big-boned. Right. So Buffy gets unarmed. She doesn't have her sword. He says to her, that's everything. No weapons, no friends, no hope. Take all that away and what's left. And he goes to stab her in the face. She catches the sword and says, me. Me. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, you has a Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. 
What? A desk. And then whoops his ass. Rips it apart, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> God, that callback. <laughs> Dude, that was... No, that wasn't last episode. No. Was no that was several episodes That was ago. the episode we re- released recently. She dances a little jig on his <laughs> haunted chicken and goes, I <laughs> How many jokes can I dredge up here? And Willow finishes the curse. Right before the portal opens. Yep. And she notices immediately whether or not she saw the the flash in his eyes, she can just tell. This fucked with me. Yeah. I remembered that he got his soul back right before she killed him. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was such a significant amount of time before she kills him. Right? Yeah. I seem to recall it. <laughs> I seem to recall it being, uh, oops, stabbed him right after he got his soul back and didn't realize that it was exactly. him. But no. No, it's way worse. Yeah. Holy shit. Maybe we got a hold of an extended version and didn't realize it. Maybe. It's entirely possible. But no, he's confused. He doesn't know what's going on, much like we saw in the flashback last episode. Oh, yeah. And she hugs him. She kisses him. She knows it's him. She doesn't bother explaining to him what go- what's no. going on. She doesn't want to worry him. I thought that was so sweet. And the portal starts opening behind him and he doesn't realize what's happening. Yeah. And she tells him to close his eyes. And then she rams the sword through his heart and shoves him into a portal to hell. Like, that's got to sting. Oh. But why couldn't they just, like, cut his hand? It just needed his blood, right? Didn't need all of his blood. I mean, if you're looking at a portal to hell, I uh, better safe than sorry. Yeah, I'm not sure if a little dribble from his fist really would have done the trick there. Right, would have been worth trying I first. Know. I feel like maybe. Well, <laughs> that portal was gro- growing in size very rapidly. Well, if they could have, you know, stopped doing the smoochy dance for a second there and got into business. But yeah, that and that's the end of the climax. So anyway, <laughs> bring the chocolate sauce. Oh god, I have climaxed. <laughs> oh, Buffy's house. Joyce hears something in Buffy's room. She goes to check on it. Doesn't find Buffy, but finds a note. And I noticed Buffy's closet was empty. Yep. Buffy's closet is empty. There's some clothes left on the bed, but she took her shit and fucking left. Looks like she dug out just what she needed. Uh, We did not see what was actually written on the note, but Joyce is obviously upset. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could tell that she's like, why the fuck did I tell her not to come back to the house? Whoops. That was a bad thing to say. Yeah, you thought she was crazy only moments before that, and then you told her to leave forever. Yep. Whoops. Cut to the school. Oh, this scene. The last fucking line in this scene. And they hammer it home. No one knows what happened to Buffy. Xander took Giles out. Uh And that was the last they had seen. The last thing they had seen of Buffy was her and Angelus fighting. Yeah. As Oz points out in this scene, obviously she succeeded the world's still here so and they're trying to be optimistic they're running down the list of possibilities 
Maybe she saved Angel and they just wanted some time alone. Maybe she had to kill Angel and she needed some time alone. But nobody's saying what everybody's thinking. She probably got sucked into the portal to hell. Because Giles did go back and establish that the statue of Akathla is dormant. Yep. So they know that the world is saved. And the last line is Willow saying, she'll be here in a while. Everybody's super fucking depressed and not really believing it, though. Yep. And they head back towards class and camera cuts to seeing Buffy in the distance watching him. And she walks off with a bag. Sad bus ride scene. Yep. Gerarg, or as this episode dubbed over the Gerarg sequence, oh, somebody needs a hug. Did it? Yeah. I, you don't watch it that far, do you? I don't. I watch it every time. Try to have fun without me. We'll have our Armageddon. You are the one someone gets to chainsaws. All right, let's wrap this shit up. Let's get the quote of the day out of the way first. Okie dokie. Since this whole podcast is going to end up being one big love letter to Spike, I'm just going to give mine to Spike. All right. Uh, Let me just kill this guy. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) I am also giving mine to Spike. Uh Uh, For the best scene in the episode, Awkward Living Room. Have we met? You hit me with an axe once. Remember? Get the hell away from my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Well, and this is is really the first scene that we get Spikety Spike back. Yes! This this episode is the, like, half a fucking season. We've barely had him. Yes. And he's back! Excuse us if we're brimming with joy for having our Spikety Spike back. Yep. God damn. We missed you. So much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How'd you feel about this episode, Rex? Fuck that. How'd you feel about this season and throw this episode in there real quick while you're at it? There were some moments through the season where I was getting kind of tired of the constant, oh, we're doing a monster of the week, but let's shoehorn some angel in. Mm-hmm. But it really struck home with this episode of just how much constant fucking stress and anguish that Buffy has been under this whole fucking year. As much as it annoyed me at the time, I think it fucking paid off. I think this was an excellent fucking episode, and I think it was an excellent fucking season end. I agree. I think it was a a fantastic climax. Uh, We had multiple... Absolutely heart-wrenching moments uh, with Xander and Willow. Uh, We really, you know, even though we didn't have Oz for several episodes, he came back and picked it up right the fuck where he left off and fucking nailed it. And I, you know, I'm mostly just mad that we didn't get more Oz. Yeah. I'm not like, hey, what are you doing back in here? Get the fuck out. No, welcome back. Please stay more. Yeah. And I think we get him a little more next season. And Cordelia has come a billion miles. Oh, man. A billion light years from where she started. First season is painful most of the time. 
but it's not bad in my eyes. But this season is the season where not so much in the beginning of the season, but by around the middle and definitely towards the end, we get the feel of what this this show is supposed to be. Absolutely. We also have seen repeatedly over and over that Giles is not only a genius and a loving father figure and would have been an extraordinary uh, boyfriend or husband or whatever to Jenny, but he's also a terrifying badass who can handle himself. Yeah. And not this piddly, pathetic pretender that he kind of seemed like he was the first few scenes where he was attempting to train Buffy. Yeah. Which hard I'm, air quotes there. Hard <laughs> air quotes. Way up in the air quotes, Morty. <laughs> God damn. No, this whole season they did a great job of making me comfortable with this group of people being responsible for saving the world. Absolutely. Like even so much like Willow and Xander, like I am like super happy that they have Buffy's back because they're good fucking people for it. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Xander still has some issues, but he's grown in leaps and bounds as well. He's he's proving that you can that he can be friends to these women that he's also been a shithead to. Yep. And I love that we have this new seed of possibility for Spike. Yeah. For what he can possibly be in the future. Because he started out with the intention, uh, from what I've heard, of being a completely throwaway character. And they not only kept him on because he was fun, but already well on their way at the end of this season when he was supposed to be gone at least half a season ago. All They are already well on their way to giving him the fully fleshed out character treatment. Yeah. I think one of my favorite aspects with this season end was that Xander and Willow and Buffy were all important parts of the equation to make this fucking saving the world happen. Without Willow doing the ritual, then there's no way that Buffy would have been so easily able to close the portal. Like, the fact that Aunt Angelus was no longer Angelus and had become Angel at the very last second there gave her the opportunity to make sure that that fucking portal is closed. Without Xander, who knows what would have fucking happened to Giles. Oh, yeah. In the words of the great Jack Black, that's fucking teamwork. Damn right. Damn right. I'm better than Yar. <sighs> <laughs> My Batleth kills all the threats to Picard, and he's like, you're better than Yar. Damn right, I'm better than Yar. Anyway. (laughs) There it is. Yeah. Holy shit, we finished season two. That's fucking season two, y'all. Oh my god, I... We've done twice as many episodes now as we did the last time we had a season finale. Yeah. And... We are having a great fucking time. Yeah. And I can't wait to bring you five more fucking seasons of Buffy. And if things are lucky, five more fucking seasons of Angel. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) This has been Beer with Buffy. Please follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Please give us a review on iTunes. 
You can always email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. We have a voicemail. The phone number for that is 269-743-0783. We are on Patreon. If you like us and you want to support us, we have a way for you to do that. All you have to do is go to www.patreon.com forward slash beerwithbuffy. Thanks as always to Benjamin Alexander for our fantastic opening, closing, and transitional music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Have a good night. See you next season. Holy shit, next season. <laughs> next season. Doesn't that feel good? It does. done why are we watching this <laughs>